Hello, ladies and gentlemen. How are y'all doing tonight? I am recording in the midnight hour. Well, it's not exactly the midnight hour in my neck of the woods, but it's pretty darn close. I'm willing to bet anyone else around this uh, time zone and further to the east already languishing there in those vibrations. I hope everyone is doing well tonight. Took me a minute to uh, gather my thoughts and to just begin. Kind of sat here for, I don't know, a good 15, 20 minutes trying to decide exactly what it was that I wanted to talk on today. That's kind of the way it goes. I have a general idea when I do podcasts like this of direction, but never anything so specific as when I'm actually in motion. So, lots of things going on in the last couple of weeks. Lots of things. If you've been following my uh, adventures here at the podcast, uh, you're probably well aware of that. Probably well aware of the uh, craziness that's been going on. And you'll be even more fluent (laughs) in my experiences if you're listening to all of the uh, shows that come out on this channel, um, got going again on the, uh, news show, added a few new, mm, a few new, uh, spotlights to the mix. Um, I think like for what I'm trying to do here and trust me, ladies and gentlemen, I really don't know exactly what I'm trying to do, but for what I'm trying to do here, it seems like a, uh, a flow has begun. Um, it seems that aside from all templates and all arbitrary ideas, uh, something has begun to form, some type of body has begun to shape from the sculptor's clay, from the mound of dirt that uh, my podcast is being born from. And we all start at dirt, I think. I mean, that's how they say we started. Or maybe from someone's rib, depending on uh, who and what you are. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, Recently threw in uh, about two other shows into the mix on this channel. And you know, as well as I know, again, if you've been uh, hanging out for any length of time beyond the last few weeks, that uh, this channel has been dominated by a new show that I run Monday through Friday. 
usually for a couple of hours at minimum. Definitely, definitely, we can go longer than that sometimes. But I, I, I like to do that. I think I rather prefer it because, you know, there are so many news and current events shows and broadcasts out there. That's a, that's a given. I mean, far be it for someone with an average mind to at least speak about events and ideas rather than people. But people get thrown into the mix there sometimes. Uh, I think that's acceptable, particularly depending on the way that one expresses their thoughts on others. Not that it's anyone's business what I think about them, but even with that idea in mind, I like to, uh, I prefer to, uh, no, I just naturally don't waste my energy on spilling into negativity about people, it's not my style, but uh, with so many new shows out there, news shows, so many current events, podcasts, and broadcasts, and live streams. I feel like kind of what I bring to the table is different, you know? I bring the macaroni to the Thanksgiving table. I make sure it's extra cheesy. <laughs> I bring the uh, fried okra to the table. <laughs> on Christmas Eve. Uh, and uh, that's definitely not common in my parts, ladies and gentlemen. I, I mean, I would say I bring the vegan turkey to Thanksgiving, but that's just way beyond me. Okay, I don't do that, all right? <laughs> I try and keep my apples and oranges where they belong. Prefer oranges, trust me, to apples. But uh, that's just, uh, that's another factoid that's neither here nor there. Oh, goodness. Um, but what I feel like I bring to the table with the new show that I do, and I think, I think with the exception of the last few weeks, I'm pretty uh, consistent about it. Fairly consistent about showing up and not calling out or phoning in however you want to put it. But, you know, straight up news and headlines, straight up current events and uh, issues can have such a weight on some people, you know. And I don't even try. Um, I, I don't try to make it lighthearted. I don't try to uh, put a little bit of brevity in it. Now I take it back. Levity. That's the correct word. Levity. I don't try to put levity into it. It just, it is the way it is. It is who I am. It is what I do. Ooh, boy, lots of thoughts swirling around in the head right now. Last two weeks have been uh, crazy as humans would say. Last two weeks have been absolutely crazy. 
did a big adventure over to Las Vegas, covered a conference, was there for over a week. That's where I started doing my uh, old podcast again. My old show, The Experience with Michael Aaron Cossers. That's what you're listening to right now. <sighs> it was really a blessing to be able to do that. It's been really a blessing to do anything I've been doing in the last year and a half to two years. Um, year and a half. Huh. It's been crazy. It's been crazy. But uh, as they say, that's what we signed up for when we decided to take part in this life and experience. So why hang your head about anything when uh, we're here to learn and to glean and to experience even the bad parts, even the sad parts, even the frustrating parts, even the parts that hurt. And uh, <clears throat> I'm sure I don't have to tell you that there are many ways that things hurt. I know I've experienced a lot of that in my lifetime. I know, looking back at my life, that I've uh, wallowed in those miseries for the longest of time. I tell people I used to be a very cynical person. Very, very cynical. I used to be a very negative person. Negative person. Um, I think that I perhaps manufactured that inside of myself. That I was definitely the kind of person that found something in that frequency, had latched onto it and recreated it over and over and over again. In fact, when I tell people that uh, I used to be cynical and I used to be negative, I never include that part, or at least never have until now. And that part itself being that Aside from those lower energies, I was definitely very much pulled down by a sadness some people would probably put the layer or the label over it of like depression, but it wasn't that necessarily guys. And I'm not saying like I was a sad child. I was actually very happy growing up. Even in my years of cynicism, even in my years of negativity, even in my years, yes. It was, uh, it was manufactured. 
It was definitely manufactured. It was almost arbitrary. It was almost to the point of what some people refer to as pretentious. So then the question is, why? Why would someone live in that vibration or world? Well, since those times, since the time that I made a conscious decision to not be like that again, to not be like that ever, I've kind of examined some things. Now, being a person who ultimately takes as much responsibility for my own actions, thoughts, beliefs, and consequences, I don't blame anyone, not even myself, for that. That was part of the experience. That was part of the learning. That was part of the recording. That was part of the research and information that I was internalizing. And reporting on. But one would ask, well, what got you into that mode to begin with? far as I could tell, it was a simple fascination. It was a fascination with dark things. It was a fascination with things that were not held in esteem in popular culture, things that were not held in esteem or regarded well by the average common person. Things that shook the status quo on some level, depending on what you were talking about. But music was definitely one of the acting catalysts into that realm of expression and existence. And I think the music and the constant repetition of whatever it was that I was listening to at that time, whatever it was that I was digesting locked me into those frequencies, thoughts, patterns, emotions, and being. And yeah, I mean, some of those things are still in my repertoire. Some of those things are still in my collection of music, but I don't listen to them. And when I do, I don't hear them the way I used to. It used to be so easy to relate and to get lost and to suspend belief for whatever emotion, desire, vibration, frequency was coming from the artist that I listened to definitely helped to lock it in. But was it designed that way? Now, like I said, I was a happy child. Near as I can tell, though, there were always outside influences that spurred me on to certain planks in my life. And I'm not afraid to use the word influence. I think some people are so drummed up on their own narcissism or their own egos, or perhaps their own insecurities, that uh, they have to rebuke an idea like an influence. 
like they are some sort of elite, like they are somehow above it, like they cannot even be seen in the same light as the same concept as influence. Those people are broken. And I'm not going to judge them, but I'd say deep down inside, quietly speaking, in their lone hours, they are probably miserable. And I pray for their relief. But that's a much deeper psychosis than what I'm talking about right now. We're not going to get into that. We're not going to get into that. Not tonight, maybe not ever. But for myself, I just recognize the patterns and I recognize what it was that uh, took me there. And then I myself maintained it. I myself maintained that factory of misery or factory of negativity. I maintained it even though I was a happy child. And so you see, because of my outward sunny disposition, this is why to be in the cloak of uh, cynicism, depression, sadness, could be quite pretentious at times. Because I wasn't sad. Wasn't sad at all. And yet I still had those moments of sadness deep, deep deep-seated sadness. I think as most of this was in my adolescence, my teenage years, my young adult life, I think as I grew, I learned, of course, to break away from that, to be who I am, to accept it, and to not care. I've always been that way, at least where the status quo is concerned. But um, within myself to be comfortable in my skin, to be comfortable with who I was, that was a different story into my young adulthood. So why do I share this with you all? Why am I telling you about this? Because I'm trying to express with you all the ability that we have to change things. The ability that we have to change that negative connotation that we may have placed on ourselves in this life into something different, into something far different than what we began with. Now, without shirking responsibility, without placing the blame on anyone or anything. I would definitely say that there are certain systems on this planet that are designed to lure us into those modes and methods and to lock us in. They're pervasive, they're everywhere. They're just waiting to snag you to welcome you into their realm. And uh, most definitely, I had taken some of these invitations in the past, before my discernment. 
But it's interesting to note that a reflection on my life, the patterns that I see of the people that either surround me or say they love me. Yes, I do mean family, friends, and else otherwise. What's really going on here? What is really driving it? One thing that I recognize about most people these days is that a lot of actions, thoughts, expressions are driven by the will of the self. I don't know if I could use the word selfishness. A lot of things are driven by the will to please the self, to succeed with the self. And yet I still have to sit back and diagnose this and dissect this and figure out if that is a, a reason of narcissism, a reason of egotism, a reason of insecurity a reason of uh, benevolence, a reason of malignance. But people are self-driven, whether they realize it or not. I know I am self-driven. I know I have my own self-interests. But do we place boundaries on ourselves, or do we run with it regardless? Wanting to self-please, self-satisfy, self-aggrandize, or to build ourselves up. To maintain the control of our own reality circles. To maintain the control of what other people's perceive, other people's perceptions of ourselves. Unrelentlessly, without compromise, without sharing without sharing a vision of unity, can someone who is so consumed by their own reality tunnel so as to never consider one's thoughts or emotions, that would be another one's thoughts or emotions, to never consider the words or thoughts or actions that they put out into the world, could they be so consumed with themselves that they don't even see that this is lacking unity? So consumed with the thought that their path is the right path and it's, uh, it, it's unforgiving. One must be unforgiving if one is following the heart. If one is being truthful and honest, they have no need to be forgiving and yet claim that they want unity for all. How can one claim unity when one separates themselves from the rest with a dense and unforgiving view of their own reality tunnel? Impenetrable, some of these people have become, and yet they claim they claim that they are about the ascension. They claim, actually, they claim that uh, they are separate from one another. 
and that everyone has their own path, and they do, we do. But yet at the same time, they take into no consideration other people. It does get a little bit complicated. This is, uh, in my opinion, advanced spiritual work. Not as uh, advanced as some forms of thought or deeds or actions that could back up those notions. But most definitely, most definitely a bit above average grade. I decided a long time ago to leave that world. Just as I believe I have my own path on this planet, in this life, in this existence, I still maintain that I am here to learn a lot in the uh, adventures that I've had. I've learned some very important things about engaging other humans and souls. I've learned some things that I really think that other people would benefit from themselves, but it's interesting how the applications of business, for example, can be utilized in your everyday personal life. I've done that myself. I walked a path. I shined my light. I brought up areas of the planet that I needed to bring up with my presence and my intentions. But I've also learned, I've also learned in these places. I haven't remained stagnant in the same space. I haven't occupied the same area and walked it into the ground. There's this thing that can be said. There's a thing that can be said about the fairness and the consistency when engaging other people. Fairness above all. Consistency will come in time. But when we're talking about being fair, of course, we don't mean treating people fairly as general as that sounds. We're talking about the fairness that one engages others in likeness to one and their fairness with themselves. In other words, is it fair, really, to hold expectations of other people when one does not hold the same expectations of themselves. This is extremely important. It is a growth factor I think many humans don't consider. They don't consider their treatment of others, their thought processes that come from that treatment. 
and the internalized mental and emotional ties that they create when they treat others unfairly from themselves, whether that be through expectations, truth, deceit. One should never, in my opinion, hold expectations on another that they would not hold on themselves. This to me is a fundamental error of the soul. Conversely, one should never have the same expectations of others that they have of themselves, nor should they expect them to live up to those expectations that one has of themselves if they've met those expectations as well, because we are all human and we are all different. And that's what I think about that. Lately, I've looked around at people in my daily life, and I've just listened and observed. And it strikes me the patterns that I see. It strikes me the behaviors sometimes. Sometimes when I see people and I see what they say and I hear what they do, it's like I immediately see the root the root that that action or thought comes from, and it's identifiable in its most fundamental. And it's interesting to me that a lot of people will live in these same patterns of existence and are never aware of it, completely oblivious to it, even if they say they self-examine, even if they say that they look inward or they observe themselves and their own behaviors. It's very interesting. I'm sure even I do it. I can identify some things that I do, can identify some of my behaviors and thought patterns and processes. But the unfairness of expectation, the laziness of excuse, It's amazing to me what some people do think and or say and the patterns that they're caught into. But I guess at this point, that is neither here nor there. I just wanted to share with you guys a little bit about my earlier self as I move forward. And as I learned and as I grew about the value of positive thinking, but not just to think positive, that's a start. And trust me, it is a challenge, particularly when one is trying to sculpt their words, sculpt their thoughts, to negate or to lock out those types of realms from their everyday vernacular, from the nomenclature that they are used to. It's not easy. It takes cognizance, self-awareness, self-discipline, and follow-through. And that's just to start. Repetition and pattern make it easy over time, and that's where consistency comes from. But 
to get there, one must want to do it to begin with. And to want to do it, one must recognize it to begin with. If one cannot see it, one cannot have the desire to change. And if one does not have the desire to change, then one gets caught up into that self-replicating pattern of behavior, thought, and emotion. And then the ruts begin. So one has to want to self-evaluate. One has to want to change. One has to see it, to believe it, to want it, to act on it, to follow through. I remember stopping myself from thinking certain thoughts. I remember myself from stopping certain words once I was conscious of it, once I was cognizant of it, once I was self-aware of those patterns. It took a long time, but it can be done. It can be done. We are not so far off from what we might believe to be that precious moment of peace and paradise or that sacred moment of solemnness, that beautiful moment of unity. We're not so far off. We're all at the edge of it. We're all at its threshold. But we have to remember first why. We have to remember why we're here. We have to remember our purpose. We have to remember who we are. Remembering is the hardest part. Remembering is the hardest part. And knowing and understanding and accepting my role here at this time, at this moment, on this planet, in this space, in the universe has helped. But if I have been guided, if I have been led, I couldn't tell you. I simply walked the path. And it all depended on the situation. Now, certain ways of thinking, certain actions, certain ways of feeling led me down certain paths. Sometimes those paths were hard and painful. But where I say I don't know if I was led there, if I don't know if I was pushed there, inspired to be there, influenced to be there, was totally irrelevant to the way that I handled the situation. And it was in how the situation is handled that I found myself growing out of those old patterns. Coupling that with being self-aware and conscious of the changes I wanted to make for myself, that is where my growth came from. Desire, follow-through, experience. It is, after all, how you handle the situation, not 
the situation itself. Sometimes we get so caught up in the occurrence that we lose sight of the resolution. And the resolution is what defines us. It tells us who we are. It's a gauging stick of where we are and where we're going. It's a primer for what we need to do or the steps we need to take. I made a decision almost a decade ago to never return to the negative patterns and negative frequencies and emotions that I used to inhabit. I inhabited them. They did not inhabit me. I chose to be there. They did not choose me. Whether I was led there or whether I was inspired to be there, whether I was influenced to be there, I accepted that residence and took its responsibility to heart. But I decided to leave that. You know, last night as I was sleeping, listening to a uh, music kind of like this, music that is created with the intention to uh, facilitate certain emotional practices, spiritual practices, growth practices. I found myself feeling something I hadn't felt in a long time. Well, actually, I take it back. It was something I hadn't really felt in about almost a year's time just off by a few months. And that was a really deep, heavy, heavy weight in my chest. A weight that was so heavy, it pulled down from my third eye. It pulled down from my chakra and it pulled down into my heart. It was barren. It was heavy. It was pain. It was an emotional pain I hadn't felt before in a while. And I had to push myself through it. In fact, I had to allow myself to breathe it out, breathe through it, to escape it, but not to run away from it. Because otherwise, it returned. It would return at another time if I did not diffuse it, dissolve it, transmute it. And even though I was not consciously doing that when I was in that moment, I knew something like that would need to happen. After a while, the feeling subsided. And uh, that weight was lifted. 
but being able to acknowledge it like that was different because I could have pulled myself out of it at any moment and ignored it. But I knew I needed to acknowledge and diffuse it in order to transmute it. It was an interesting feeling. It's something that we experience from time to time. We all feel it and experience things like that in varying degrees, and no one's to judge anyone's experience in that regard. And one has to want to. One has to have the desire to move beyond that, to grow from it, to learn from it, to change it. For me now, the changing and the transmuting of these types of things is far more important than learning from it. (laughs) I would say maybe I've learned enough, but uh, then again, have any of us learned enough? Probably not. But to be grateful for it, to be thankful for that pain, to open up a positive doorway in an otherwise negative room or house, To let the light in, to let the air out, is so important. To give oneself and that emotion the option of changing, of relishing in its opposite nature. Of becoming familiar with what it means to lighten up. To let it go, to release it, to change it. It's so important. It's so important. If we take dealings like this and apply it to our everyday life and all of our our adventures and all of our experiences, can you imagine? Alas, not all of us are made that way. And that is not cynical to say. In this existence that is changing rather rapidly, in this life, and this experience that is bifurcating, separating, and becoming something else. Such energy types are falling away as what man is and what man is destined to be is changing into what it was created to be from the beginning, its light source, its love, it's a high vibrational frequency of inclusivity and acceptance, warmness, passion, positivity, everything that makes man good. And so even as we look at the world today and we think, oh, these terrible patterns of repetition, these terrible happenings and occurrences, these headlines and stories that we share on the daily, these current events that weigh on the heart of man, we can't lose faith in humanity. We can't lose faith in our brothers and sisters. We must maintain 
our belief, our faith and goodwill we must maintain. We must conjure it up. We must transmute those feelings. We must transmute those energies. We must always love one another. We must always have faith in one another. We must always be willing to see the light in one another. Because the day we do not see the light is the day that the darkness takes hold of ourselves and them and our perspective. And as our perspective goes, so grows the world and the universe and our existence. The power of thought, intention, is an extremely important tool. It is extremely important existence. It is extremely important that we keep our faith in humanity and our brothers and sisters as we walk this path around the circle and off this sheath and into the skies where we came from. <laughs>